Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us. We have a really great episode for you today. It's with New York City-based actress Anna Belanger, and we have a great talk. She talks about earning her BFA in theater and also auditioning as an actor and getting into the union, what that's like. Also, she went to Chicago and studied at Second City, and she, during the pandemic, started an online sketch show called Fairly Funny. We talk about all of these things and more. Let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Anna Belanger. Anna, you, I know, have a BFA in theater because you went to Michigan State University. Correct. Um, Are you from Michigan originally? No, I'm actually from Long Island. Right, right. Um, Yes. I grew up on Long Island and then I kind of randomly went to Michigan State in East Lansing in Michigan. (laughs) And then afterwards, I spent some time in Chicago, Mm -hmm. some more time in Michigan and made my way back Back to to Queens. Yeah. To a store. I initially thought that you met, so you got on here because Nicole Pascaretta and Sean Cantatori, previous guests, suggested mm-hmm. you, very emphatically suggested that you be on here. Hearing you're in Queens, knowing you're in Queens, I would have thought, oh, I guess you met them in Queens. But you actually met Nicole in Michigan, not when you were in college, though. No, after college, Nicole and I met at a theater in in Ferndale, Michigan, called the Ringwald Theater. And we were both in a production of Merrily We Roll Along, which is a Sondheim musical. Mm-hmm. And we both auditioned and were in that show. And actually, during the run of that show, I, w- I got the flu, like, so badly. And Nicole went on as my understudy with, like, oh. an hour and a half notice. And, like, wasn't... Wow wasn't like you know it was like hey can you go on for anna because she is literally so sick yeah yeah (laughs) and then um we got to know each other in michigan doing that show and then we moved to new york within like two weeks of each other and move like within blocks of each other and i met sean through nicole but uh, or but sean is actually also from new york Right. Yes. What a great crew of people. Yes. They're the best. And you obviously also, by extension, the best for me, because (laughs) if you were performing with them and they love you, then you must be also great. Well, I'll take that. (laughs) Please, please take it. (laughs) So you went to Chicago after college and went through Second City. Did you do IO as well? No, I only did Second City. I went to see a lot of shows and things at IO. Mm -hmm. But my I guess I was only in Chicago for like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. which so I really like finished the whole improv program or whatever the the first year. I had like a graduation with Second City. And then I was like, should I continue at Second City? Should I go to IO? What should I do? And then I ended up actually taking a job at a theater in Michigan. And my now husband, then boyfriend was living there. So it was even more incentive to um, take some time in Michigan. And I ended up doing some really great theater while I was in Michigan. More so than in Chicago, because I mean, it's just, so much more competitive in Chicago. And I was, the world there is like so focused on improv and it's so fun. And I ended up like being so immersed in that, which was so great. And I feel like it still helps my, I mean, it's been some time since I've really been studying improv, but I approach acting in a way, in a different way than I ever did prior to 
studying at the Second City. Right. There's so much about, I mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to get into improv was mm-hmm. to hone acting skills. And you have a ton of theater yeah. background. How how young were you when you started in theater? Oh, um, oh, maybe like fifth grade. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you had a lot of time doing theater acting mm-hmm. and acting before mm-hmm. you went to Chicago and were doing improv and a little improv and, yeah, and sketch yeah. stuff. Yeah, I had like a lot of uh, training and a lot of good training and a lot of bad training and a lot of good habits, <laughs> and a lot of bad habits. And right, right. It really, I'm very much like a type A, like rule follower personality yeah. type. And I feel uh-huh. like improv is it's the best thing for an actor who is, you know, that kind of personality because it just right. like forces you to like, well, while there are very much rules in improv. It also forces you to like let go of rules, if that makes sense. Yeah. Be freer and looser. Yeah. That's the thing I was going to get at was I feel like one thing that I really like about acting is the looseness that you're talking about. But for me, it comes in when you you have the lines and you're not changing the lines, but the way somebody says the line to you, their lines to you will, if you're really being present and really listening, it adjusts how you are going to say the lines back. And you may have had an idea going in to the performance of how you were going to say your lines, but when they say it a certain way, it affects how you're going to respond. And and improv and 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 doing that where you don't have any lines, it's all about the feel. It's all about the vibe and responding to the vibe can really help and adjust how you act in a good way. Right. right. What is that saying? Acting is reacting, right? Yeah. <laughs> very true. Right. Yeah. And the best is when the the lines the the dialogue makes sense based on how things feel and you don't even really have to remember the lines anymore you just you just respond and it the natural thing is is the right thing it happens That's also so be fun. the script right yeah <laughs> yes. no i love it it's great and you're you're in equity and for those who don't know equity is the yeah. union for theater actors and management when did you get in there was that in, in michigan yes i joined the union in maybe 2018 i kind of sat on it for a little bit in my my eligibility because they warn you they're like once you join equity, you know, you can't do all this non-union work. And I joined right before coming to New York because I just found it so much easier to have access to auditions as a union actor. There's certain perks that like I can make an appointment for some of these open calls, whereas non-union actors have to sit around potentially all day. Yeah, but I, I earned the bulk of my points it's at least when I was joining up it was a a point system so you would get one I think it was one point per week of work and I I earned the majority of those points working as an apprentice at a small union theater in Michigan of course I did it used to be where you needed four or you needed 50 points and I was kind of like struggling work in this apprenticeship kind of like not into it, but like I'm, I was learning so much and I knew I was getting so much out of it. And I was on my 49th week of work or points. Cause I had previously earned some and I got an email from equity saying, Oh, we're changing it. You only need 25 points now. So I was oh, like, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guess I can be done with this. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, not to say anything, you know, negative about that job. We we all have to work in all areas of theater and the arts to yeah. be a full artist and really learn and have a different kind of respect for the whole process. So that was really important for me. Right. Yeah. And then I kind of sat on my eligibility and did a couple more non-union shows. And then I moved here and joined up. And that was, what, a year before the pandemic that you moved here? 
Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I had like my first, they say for theater audition season in New York is primarily January through March. And that's where like all of the regional theaters come to New York and hold a big open call and EPA equity principal audition or East or chorus call. And there's these big cattle calls and they all happen January through March. And it's absolutely insane. And it's, it, I mean, thank, like I said, thank God I was union because it just like allowed for me to go to more, but you will literally go to like five or six auditions in a day where you're auditioning for a theater's entire season of shows. So like they could in like the year 2019 or whenever it was like, they were like, okay, we're doing the sound of music and uh, kinky boots and like a Neil Simon comedy and like some crazy new drama that is like earth shatteringly tragic go audition and like part of the the most difficult thing for me as an actor sometimes is coming up with what the heck I'm going to show in the room and making that decision and owning it and showing what I can do as an actor and who I am as a person but it is definitely a challenge when you're going through audition season because like I said it's like every single regional theater and it's usually for like their entire season it's a little different now that we're like in this self self tape world yeah but I went through like my first big audition season here in New York and then like started my second right as the pandemic right so and then there um, wasn't one in 2021 I imagine yeah, it was like this weird thing where like they were like, OK, we're having all these auditions, all these theaters and like it's all going to be self tapes. And then it was super weird because you'd like send in a tape and then be like, oh, I hope I got a callback or like I wonder. And then it would you see like on the theater's Instagram that they had to like cancel their whole season or cancel right. the show because blah, 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 blah. Like things were still like so weird and shaky. Yeah. I ended up like like auditioning when I felt like I could and then blowing it off a lot because like I said I was in like final callbacks for this show and then it like got canceled right before like the fun and it was like so right. weird that because it was like a summer it was going to be outdoors and then it was like anyway we all remember yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go through yeah 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 I noticed that with a lot of festivals, a lot of comedy festivals mm -hmm. yes. were like, yeah, we're hoping 2021. And then they they were just a little too concerned to actually go through with it in 2021. Yeah. It's too bad. It's really too bad. Now we're kind of just stuck and nobody knows what to do. Uh-huh. Was there a season for auditioning this year? Yes. There were hundreds and hundreds of auditions. And every single one, at least that I saw and, and applied for was like a self tape. So exactly like you would go in the room and audition for an entire season. They were like, send us a tape of what you would do in the room, which is kind of nice because you could reuse things. Yeah. Um, you could practice as much and do as many takes as you'd like. And I ended up submitting like at least over thus far, I think I submitted like 80 tapes to like different theaters and shows and auditions and things. And, and that's not to say like, I didn't, I didn't do like some of them are like, I do this song really well and it showcases my personality and me as actor. So I sent it to like 10 different ones that, that it fit with. Right. But you have to be careful because like I did start doing that because you could drive yourself crazy doing 8 million takes. And, you know, I, especially as artists, like where we tend to be, or at least I tend to be a perfectionist and wanting it to be just right. But like the reality of is, of it is that if I was in the room, it wasn't going to be perfect. And they're the casting personnel are not expecting anything to be perfect or you know, performance ready, right? This is like a tryout. 
So um, I learned so much about my process this year in that, like, I only allow myself to do three to five takes Mm -hmm. and I need to have a certain level of preparation before I hit record um, in order to get it done in those three takes. Like I talked to so many friends who are like, oh, I can't do only three to five takes because and I and I was like this as well, because, well, I get the words wrong or. I don't sing the right note on this thing. And I, it came, it got to a point where I was like, well, that's just because I'm not coming to the audition prepared. Right. I need to know just like I would know all the words and things like that. If I was going to walk into the room for my own sanity, I need to be fully prepared before I am set up and ready to hit record. And then I find that I can, if I'm, you know, fully prepared, then I can do it in three to five takes and not like think about it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be able to sort of get the juices flowing and and get get a rhythm before you hit record. And that's smart Mm -hmm. because you want to just be able to hit and and give your best. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're right. It's a tryout. It's not the show. So you don't have to be show ready. You have yeah. to be show me ready, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, you want to show, show that you, uh, you need to be directable, right? You don't want to be mm-hmm. so in your choice. I mean, obviously, right. show, them, well, show them a clear point of view and perspective that you have on a character. Right. But nobody wants to work with someone who who is the final product, right? That's not <laughs> right. They want to mold it. They because that's yeah. what it's you know no one else is there. You haven't met with them about. Yeah, the role and the piece. Yeah, right. So it goes back to what you were saying about acting with other people. Like you have to be able to react. And if you're so set in what you think this show or this character is supposed right. to be, then you're not going to be properly responding to your scene partners and the other people in the show. Yeah, I read that one good bit of advice was to actually have the script in your hand when you're. I mean, this is for like. I mean, commercial or or Mm -hmm. something like TV film acting, but they were saying have the script and like be on book because then it shows that you are malleable, basically, that you're not going to be strict on like, oh, no, but this was the line originally, you know, like you're going to be okay with adjusting. Yeah, definitely. When I'm on tape, I don't do that as much and maybe I should actually, but I don't, I'll like tape it up. And yeah, I do that too. <laughs> very much not, you know, be reading it from across the room. But when you're in the room for a callback for theater as well as for film and commercial, I've always been told, and I've always felt like it was the right thing to do to have that piece of paper in your hand. I mean, even for your own self, right? Because if they're like, actually, can you go back to some random line in the middle of the scene and you're like, uh my brain i'm nervous and i'm scrambling what the heck was that line boom it's right in your hand ready to go and and yeah i think it's like a it's like a cue for casting (laughs) at least that's what i've been told that it's like they know that you're adaptable right what is the difference between doing a self-tape for theater work versus a self-tape for like you know, you've, you've also done short mm-hmm. films. So uh, when you're doing TV film auditions. I think that, well, first of all, the most important thing with self-taping I have found is to read the directions really like eight times. Make sure you really know what they're asking for. I've found that in like film and TV auditions, I've gotten much more specific instructions. And typically I'll do a closer frame on my face, whereas theater, and I think this might just be because I've seen people's theater audition tapes and they're still in very much like a a medium close-up, but I like to show as much of my body as possible because, well, you would see my entire body on a stage I think that makes sense yeah so I and I I mean as like a theater I I move a lot anyway so I you know I build that into my pieces and my auditioning so I want that to be seen and yeah so 
Honestly, the biggest difference is like audition to audition, making sure you're reading those directions and that you really are checking all the boxes. I think the biggest differences too are like what they want you to slate. So like at the beginning, um, a slate is when you say your name and any sort of information they're asking for. And a lot of times for these theater ones, like they, I've found that like, they want to see you on tape and see if they want to bring you into the room for a callback. And I think we're kind of in this world where callbacks are mostly in person, at least I have found. So I think that the the taping process for theater seems to just be like a one, you know, a, a box to check to see if we want to have you in the room. So I found that they're not really asking for that much, but like with film and and television stuff, like I really spend a lot more time on making sure my lighting is really great, you know, because I, I bought my lights and I have my setup for those type of auditions. Right. And then the theater stuff kind of just like, oh, my God, here comes COVID. Everything's on tape now. So it's not necessarily like the best lighting setup for like a, a, a wider frame of a more full body type frame but right and again this is just from my own experience of auditioning and figuring it out because it is changing yeah rapidly yes (laughs) and i feel like i've learned so much from just talking to other actors and seeing what other actors have been submitting and like that's how i've learned so much yeah people are doing because there is no like hard set of rules because we kind of just jumped into this out of necessity. Right. It's an interesting time. <laughs> and I kind of like that we haven't had to go in. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> there's sometimes when it's a more elaborate audition, I do actually want to go into a space where they're yeah. going to record and they're going to do the full body shot. I don't have to worry about trying to make it work in my tiny room and mm-hmm. I'll have someone to read with. And they'll, if there's a lot to do, then I would rather go in. But if it's just reading a couple of sentences Why not? and I'm just slating my name, I don't even have to say anything else. It's like, just let me do that at home. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. totally. It make it should make it easier. I mean, they're all just dealing with video anyway, whether you go in or not. Right. right. <laughs> so it's it should be easier for all of us. Exactly. You were speaking like you were mentioning that some of the stuff you were doing was out of the necessity of the pandemic and the times we're in. Is that also why you created Fairly Funny? Yeah. Your sketch, your online sketch show? I like thinking of it that way in that it was out of necessity because I was so like, we all were just like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What do I really want to do? And forced to like sit and think about what I really, really want to do. And I I, I learn a lot through watching and seeing and reading about what other people have done. Not to say, you know, everyone has their own journey and their own path, but I have always like idolized the female comedy pioneers, if you will, such as like Carol Burnett and Mary Tyler Moore and Betty White and all those greats. I've you know, read everything there is to read about them and learned so much just from watching. Like you can watch the Mary Tyler Moore show and it's like a masterclass in comedy. Every single, the writing, the characters. And um, so in sitting at home doing nothing and being like, oh my God, what is going to happen with my career? I was like, what, what is the dream? And I was like, I want to have a variety show like the Carol Burnett show. And I feel like I had this professor in college who was, he would always say like variety shows are, are dead and it's a lost form of entertainment and it's such shame. And he really like turned me on to variety shows and like how we used to have tons of them. And it was, you know, very much a part of like households in America. Um, and, and, you know, this I'm always fascinated too by I have like such a love for musical theater and I find it so interesting that it used to be so much more mainstream in our you know pop culture and I think that variety shows were a big part of that like you see I mean granted we were also like in this golden age of 
musical theater, which it was just bigger back then, if you will. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was like, what is a great, I love sketch comedy. I love music and musical theater and seeing new talents share their talent. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create my own variety show. And the idea for Fairly Funny started out as just that, like my own variety show in my living room to put on YouTube. And then in like getting with the times, I was like, oh, this should probably be like on TikTok because especially during the pandemic, I think we were all like, oh my God, TikTok, this new thing. So in starting out, I, and I worked a lot with our, our good friends, Sean and Nicole in creating sketches and then in creating TikToks. And we wanted to like, we played with like retro themes and like, um, yeah, I saw their Sunny and Cher stuff that they had done. There is <laughs> nuts and I love it. Yeah, they did. They did like a whole series of TikToks where they were like, Sonny and Cher. Um, <laughs> why not? And anyway, and we realized pretty quickly that like that wasn't, or at least right now, that's not really the world that I want to be. Like, I love creating content for TikTok. Don't get me wrong. And I do it on my own personal page. But in looking at Fairly Funny and like hoping to work with other actors and performers and comedians and singers and musicians, it just, wasn't you know we went we went hard on the TikTok thing and then I was like this isn't really like satisfying us as artists in the ways that we set out to be satisfied so um in moving forward and like figuring out what what I want to do and what my friends and peers want to do I'm thinking of Fairly Funny these days as more of, I guess, a production company. And I've been writing, primarily right now, writing sketches with friends and starting to film those and want, and am aiming to release, you know, sketches on the Fairly Funny YouTube channel as like a piecemeal variety show. And, and maybe we'll get back to the original idea of like doing like a full half hour um, variety show. But it's interesting in thinking about something that I really love, be it like, you know, the Carol Burnett show of the 1970s. And then the idea of doing that today and then immediately realizing why that does not work today, right? Like, nobody wants to sit like in you know in practicality like I have to self-distribute this and like nobody wants to sit on YouTube and watch a 30 minute you know thing so that's kind of how we moved to TikTok and then it was like well that's not what I want to do so this is very interesting Mm -hmm. problem of like creating the art that we want to create as artists but also that is like consumable by our audience and figuring out yeah. who we want our audience to be. Like, right, I was like, right. I want my audience to be my, the people that are also like, I want people to watch it and be like, Oh, I want to do that. I'm mm-hmm. going to hit up Anna and see like, if I can write a sketch or whatever. But then we were doing all these like retro TikToks that are, were kind of more unintentionally targeted to like our parents audience and even our grandparents and, uh, Sean and Nicole and I have like a love for like that, you know, 70s, 60s, 70s stuff that, you know, not all millennials do. <laughs> right, right. Well, you but, can take that vibe and still use it today. Yeah. You know? I mean, like yeah, it's figuring that out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very process. Yeah. It is a process and you're talking about finding your audience and it that really is what it is, right? Because mm-hmm. there, you know, I know you're saying no one wants to sit and watch a YouTube thing for 30 minutes. There are people who do, but yes. it, it's dependent on whether or not that is, you know, the people who do will also want your thing. Uh, yeah. it's, and that's, that's an interesting right. place we're in where everyone has to be a bit of a, a you know, a, tv executive who right who, right 
is uh, able to take a gamble on what the what they think yeah. their audience wants. I know I have a hard time to like picking one thing like as an actor, I've always been advised. I'm sure you've heard this kind of advice where it's like figure out like what you're best at and go full towards right, that. And yeah. Like, as me personally, as an artist, like I'm constantly evolving and even day to day, like my interests change. And like, I go through like bouts of like, I love musical theater and all I want to do is musical theater. And I'm only doing musical theater auditions and I'm going to dance class every day and I'm taking voice lessons and then and da, 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 and I'm going to do a variety show where I sing musical theater. And then like the next week I'll like by for some reason, like the wind changes or I watch something that's inspiring or something. And I'm like, Oh, improv. Like, yeah, we're going to do everything. And then, you know, I think that's not uncommon in, in human beings that we're just interested in different things at different times. And that that's great. And I think that I gain so much from being like that. But when I'm trying to create something that is long-term and sustainable, and like, I want fairly funny to grow and be a community as well as like a show or a production company that can be hard to get started because of our, my own personal ever adapting interest. And I think, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as a community, but it's definitely not like going away. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, don't let it go away. It's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in to try to figure out what, exactly you should do and exactly how you should do it just because mm-hmm. there's so many different things that's something i've been struggling with because i, I want to have more of a social media presence but i don't yeah. want to follow the Ugh. uh some of that logic of like you gotta post every day oh or gosh. you gotta do yeah. and I'm like i don't want and like like i was talking to a friend about this and she was saying i said the like post every day thing and she was like you gotta post 17 times a day on tiktok totally. to actually yeah. get and it's and she's not wrong. That is what you have to do right. if you want to beat the algorithm. Fortunately, yeah. But I think so much of it has to do with like what is your purpose and what is your creative output? Because not everyone can post a bunch a day. Not everyone can post one thing a day. And that's fine. Yeah. And yeah. and also a lot of the people who are posting a bunch a day or or every day have a team. So you can't compare yeah. Right. <laughs> you're oneself trying to come up with ideas right. and, and compete with a team because oh, yeah. you'll, you'll burn out. And I've seen a lot of people burn out doing that. Yeah. I mean, I certainly did. I think that I have so much fun with content creation mm-hmm. and it's been such a great outlet for me. And it's like helped me to grow as an artist too. And I think it's like tapped into my improv skills and these comedy things that I want to be working on. But it's exhausting. Right. And, right. And it's like really hard because I feel like, again, with like in how my interests wax and wane, I feel like some days I'm like, I got to get that algorithm. Like I got to do this trending da, 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 sound and whatever. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want to do what I want to do. And it's right. weird how be like, we can live in that world and we also, you know, fight it, but I've been trying to approach it. I mean, I'm, I just went through, you know, like we were speaking of an audition season that was pretty grueling. So I took like a a break, a planned break from any sort of content creation on social. But in like getting back to it, I'm trying to like really just be authentic to who I am and what I'm interested in creating in the moment. Yeah. And trusting that like, an audience will be found from that because the authenticity I think is greater than any sort of like social media rules. And Hey, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'll never have more than like a thousand followers. And, but that's fine because as long as I'm still getting out of it, if you're getting satisfied, that's really what matters. I mean, I feel like it's been so it's, it can be so fun. Yeah. And it's, like, I, I honestly feel like creating for social media has been so one of the most fun and creatively satisfying things I have done maybe, you know, in my career. Right. Yeah. 
second it gets like, like the other day, I was like, how can I make this trending sound fit or to make it funny? And I was like, no, stop. We're not doing. And sometimes those trending sounds like do work and you can come up with funny When it's natural and organic to what, who you are and what you want to do, then fine, use it, but don't force it. I think it's the lesson there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing is I think there's a thing about consistency here where it's either you're consistently posting a lot or you're consistently good, you know, but I think you have to always be consistently authentic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the thing that you definitely have to do because the thing about trying to beat the algorithm is they change the rules on you. YouTube has changed or Facebook has changed the rules on people. And so if you get into that grind where you are, you are, beating their algorithm and then they change it that can really throw a lot of people for a loop and then they don't know because their whole focus has been how to beat the algorithm they don't know how to create the thing so uh, there's a lot of focus i think that needs to be put on what your creative voice is and how can you get it out in a honed way so that it's it's at least good enough that you know nothing is perfect and when you're trying to create a lot of stuff it's hard to always have the greatest thing you've ever made but is it good enough Mm -hmm. and if it's good enough because the voice is there and the craft is there then Mm -hmm. i think that is a good starting point for however you want to use your output whether it's posting a day or several times a day or once a week or a couple times a month you know, yeah. like it, it, like whatever your output is, if there's a consistency in your voice showing, I feel like that's the most important thing. Right. Your voice. And I'll take it one step further and even say, like, if it's consistent in what you want to do or who you want to be as right. an actor, in my case, like I was, again, like I say, I have all these different interests and all these different mediums that I want to work in. So I want to show that. I can do all that. Like I've spoken to and listened to a lot of casting directors say like, they will go to your social media probably before they'll go to your website at this point. And so like, if I really want to be doing musical theater, I need to be doing that on my social and I need to figure out a fun way to do that because that's the only way I'm going to do it. If it's fun and creative. Yes. So yeah. that's the challenge too. And that can be where like, I've, I have a lot of friends that we've discussed that like, that can be very terrifying to yeah. like actually share, Who to you actually are. share, <laughs> right. Like the thing that you want to do, like I have the hardest time, like showing my family, my, my close friends and family, like any work that I do, because it's not, it's not perfect. It's not, I'm like, oh, they're going to think that this is it. This is as good as I get. And like, I wouldn't think of that watching someone else. Right. And I think that as artists, we can be like way too protective of our, our, our art. And social media is just another form of sharing that. So I'm really working really hard trying to share more. Yeah. And social media has been the main my main way of doing that yeah i am glad we're talking about this because i as an actor also want to present what i can do on social media because i also know that people are going to look on your social media and i i'm i'm want i want to get an agent so i also want to present to them and for them to see what my thing is you know because so many times you've seen this a bunch when you're reading for an audition for like a commercial or something and they say uh a so-and-so type you know like that's always what it is like like we i i auditioned for one thing it was even for someone i knew and he he wasn't used to auditioning people and so he kind of did something that i think would be considered a faux pas but he was he, he was kind of pushing a Jason Sudeikis type of read on everything, like a really strong Jason. Sud- and he was, uh, he was like, he kept pushing it as like, 
be huh. more like you know more Jason Sudeikis like like we're really looking for that and it's too it gets to the point where it's a little ridiculous like you want totally. literal Jason Sudeikis but you can't afford you, him <laughs> right so just deal with what you've got you know like this is where you are and if you want someone yeah. you know it's one thing like we want the sort of like sarcasm like this person or that person then it just gives a person an idea of like how sarcastic you want it or how, what type of what is it biting sarcasm or is it you know not biting but you know a little like i don't know juno or something like that like like what what is the vibe and that's all you're trying to get someone to to play is the vibe and and then you just know if they get the vibe or not not are they being exactly like this one actor right. um and and i point all that out to say if I can showcase what my thing is, what my vibe is on social media, then that's sort of better for me because if someone sees an agent sees that, then they can say, oh, I get your rhythm. That's mm -hmm. interesting. I know what I could put you up for and submit yeah, you yeah. for and, and try to really get you gigs in. And I think I could do it. That's what you want to showcase as an actor. And yes. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to use social media well for that. And I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know that I've found the right model yet. Yeah, I know. And I think that there aren't like too many people yet that are like really being really successful in that. So I would like keep looking for like yeah. people to look to. But that's definitely what it seems like the industry is asking of us and hoping for us to do like at the end of the day, everybody wants to make money and they want to do it in an easy way. Right. So if you can package yourself, I mean, like I'm about to go through a process similar to what it sounds like you're doing in like submitting to agencies and, and that kind of work. And I want to have, before I like go through the painstaking effort of submitting and doing all that. I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row. I want to make sure that like someone Googles me and I come up right away and it's exactly, you know, I'm presented as, you know, they know, they know where to send me so that they can make money off of me. And we right. can make money together. And I listened to this really great podcast actually it's called audrey helps actors and she talks a lot about getting reps and dealing with reps and how like they they need to make like in order for a rep to like take you on as a client they need to make they need to know that like you're gonna help keep the lights on this month so they can only do that if they know where to send you or what auditions to send you out for. And yeah, that's a big part of like them doing their work, but like, you need to make it clear to them, you know, in my case that I'm not just any old little girl with brown hair. That's, you know, kind of quirky and a little sassy, but has mm -hmm. something to prove, you know, mm -hmm. like, what is it that I can do? That's maybe not even just like, yes, unique and special. What is it that's unique and special about me? But like, also like what is specific about me? Because right. it, for like commercial, like you don't need to be that unique and special. You need to mm -hmm. be clear. Right. I, I totally agree. And I think that's why so many comedians have been able to utilize mostly TikTok, but also Instagram yeah. to uh, and parlay that into getting roles because yeah. their their comedic voice is their thing. Yep. And so, so cool. maybe it, we should be looking to them for like how I, we. Yeah. Actors. Yeah. That I want to do it in more an actory way, but not. Yeah, of course. But like. Uh, even though I do comedy, but I, I but yeah. like the grind of on my own trying to do sketch level stuff, it can yep. oftentimes, you know, the quality can be a little too low for it to be like good. And then again, the, the focus has to be my voice, not yes. necessarily the, not, not really anything else. So if I'm 
if I'm so focused on trying to uh, have this big production, then I can lose my voice and that my voice maybe won't shine as much as it needs to. Yeah. So I really, I, but I, I've, I've really been thinking about this hard for the last couple of weeks, but I feel <laughs> like I've been sort of studying people's Instagram for the last couple of years. Oh my God, absolutely. Me too. I see the way some, I, I have not really loved the way any prospering, well, not prospering, but sort of, I'll say, uh, hopeful actors are using their social media because a lot of them, they they try to spin some sort of side hustle into it. Yes. Whereas, and, and I don't like that because it's like, well, yeah. that doesn't, no one's going to no. hire you because of your side hustle. Like no, right. no agent is going to pick you up and no director is going to cast you because of your yes. side hustle of like ha- being a social media, a supposed social media guru. Um, yes. And then they end up Those dropping like this. That's as close as it gets, right? As those yeah. people, but. Yeah. And like they'll get some attention because they are posting a lot and they're posting right. pretty pictures or something. Right. right. But they end up running out of ideas because they're not actually a guru like they were trying to present themselves. Right. And so they end up just totally flipping their content into being about something else entirely. And I'm always, I sort of, I sort of watch it in awe, like what in the world are they doing? But then I'm also (laughs) sort of like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that though. (laughs) You know, like, no, thank you. But it's so, it's strange when you see some of the like, internet personalities how much they change every when it when not when the wind blows but when the when the trends change then they change and so it's like well what are you who are you what do you do what should i want like there was someone who i first was watching and they did kind of music slash humor and then it just became an account for like their workouts and that's like that's all it is and it's like well but you're weird you're a musician oh, wow. <laughs> why, are, why are we watching you know so okay. uh. it was interesting but the the actors who get the game right are the famous people and of course <laughs> yes. it doesn't make sense for me to try to present like the um, rock or jennifer aniston because i well, you know but like maybe looking like what is it about their pages that yeah. you personally are drawn to mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. no they have a millions of dollars going into that <laughs> right they have a huge team and there's just a different they're in such a different stage right that it, it's so it's easier right like we're still trying to brand ourselves right and see like what we're putting out all of these things and we're seeing like what the rest of the world is going to pick up and it sounds like that musician was like you know the the response was for the workouts unfortunately for his art but or or her or whoever but yeah yeah it's i art. i i want to find and i'm not sure for a while there were actors who were posting uh very short clips like a, a second or two even mm-hmm. of an audition but mm-hmm. now i'm starting to see in the last couple of weeks i've seen a lot of casting call or like when when I've been asked to submit, they would say, don't oh. post anything at yeah. all of this on any social media at all. And so you can't yeah. do that one. So Fair. it's yeah. I, I look at how musicians are using their social media. I'm looking at how actors and comedians are using social media. And I'm trying to say, like, what is what is the way I could do this consistently and and never flip the script on it and make it yep. something that it's not. And it's always showcasing me, but I'm not getting burnt out, but I'm also not being too presumptive, you know, <laughs> like. But when you do it, it will be so, it will be, I mean, yeah, you're right. But I think as, as stressful and as much of a mystery as it feels like, I think that when you do figure it out, it will be such a big help for your mm-hmm image and your career and yeah and I think it just like maybe in the maybe for an actor it looks more like just creating your own your own work like you can't post a self I know I I was I was faced with the same thing with the self tapes where it's like oh we're putting in all this work and then like literally no one sees it except for 
you know, the assistant to the assistant of one <laughs> casting director, right? Right. It's such a shame that that's work that I'm proud of that I can't really share. But at the same time, I understand like the legality and, and all that right. behind it. But okay, so if that is what, if that's like my first idea of what I as actor would post, okay, how can I, okay, what's like a self-tape that I'm not actually submitting Right. Like, can I <laughs> show, you know, like, or can I put like a comedic spin on it? Or like right. one time I was doing a self tape and I was like, you know, all dressed up and made up for this self tape. And I was like, Oh, it's a shame. Like for all this makeup to go to waste. It's like, <laughs> so <I laughs> yeah. like okay, I'm going to do like a, a mock audition. And mm-hmm. I just like improvised. I think it was Christmas. Yeah, it was, it was Christmas time. So I did like a mock audition for like, the Virgin Mary and the Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like I obviously like would never audition first. I mean, maybe, maybe they do hold auditions for Christmas pageants these days, but I don't know. Like I thought that was a clever idea for like, here I am as actor today. My job is to do this self tape. How can I put that on social media? I will wear the exact same outfit and have the same setup and be as if I am doing a self-tape, but the actual content, the actual work that is going to be seen on Instagram and TikTok and wherever is not going to break any sort of rules with any casting office. And it's going to be completely made up from me. So it also shows who I am as a funny, weird person and where my brain is at. And it shows me like in my element as an actor, I think. Yeah, it's such a good idea. I mean, it's, you you have yeah. to showcase your element as an actor. It, yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, like you finding, I think humor is the way to go. Because, I think so too. Yeah, you know, because that's where people can connect. Yeah. Even if you're not, if you don't understand like the world of an actor, you, mm-hmm. it's fine. You can come across that clip and be like oh that's mm-hmm. funny she's like auditioning and she's like pretending to be like right. in, you know baby Jesus. right but right like, right because a I'm lot of comics to- are doing character pieces basically cool. so that's essentially what it is essentially right and i'm trying to like live in that idea more in that like okay what am i doing my job is to be an actor which is so many different things day to day Okay, what am I doing today in my job, in my work? And how can I put that on my social media? Like yesterday I had, yesterday I worked on my voice a lot and I had a voice lesson and uh, we were working with like straws for like singing technique. And I was like, okay, how can I make this? And I guess it's also combining it with the comedy, right? So I was like, this is what I'm doing for my work today. This is what my job is today. How can I make this funny so that anybody can come across it and think it's funny. So I was like, okay, I'll do like a whole bit on like warming up with a straw and like, I don't know, it's, it's a work in progress, right, but right, like right. figuring out how to like, it's also like a little bit working smarter, not harder. Like what am I yeah. doing right now anyway? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the thing is the working smarter, not harder <laughs> part is the really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to burn out. Cause then the, there's a certain amount of where it's like you don't want to like use all of your energy and or your ideas and then you like are out of ideas if you get hired for something like you want to be able to right 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 (laughs) right right. it's it's uh i don't know it's interesting because i was i was actually thinking about this in terms of what a musician is doing like a guitarist a guitarist can post their gear and gearheads, guitar gearheads will like it and be into it. And then yep. they can post a video of them on stage performing and people will be like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds good. I like it. That's that's content that people can really enjoy and get into. And then there's just like them doing a cover song in their bedroom. Yep. And that's something people can dig. And then there's also them just kind of noodling around over a backing track or over a loop. And then maybe they're like, professional pictures, headshots, stuff like that on there. Like there's a lot that they can put in and it's not stuff that'll burn them out. So what are the different ways an actor can do that? Yep. Because they're also hitting different 
audience. Like I'm not necessarily going to like the pictures of their gear, but I'm going to like the cover of this song that I'm familiar right. with. Right. So it's hitting different audiences. Yeah. I guess I would just think more. Wow. This is so interesting that you're giving me some homework too, because we can <laughs> think about like what we as actors, again, like, what do we, what do we like to do? What do we do on a day-to-day basis? How can mm-hmm. we contribute to a larger community? I mean, it kind of like, if you've ever looked at like social media, like marketing and and branding and stuff like that, they do like talk about like the pillars of your platform and blah, blah, blah. And like, I hate to say it, but it kind of is that and just doing it from an actor's point of view or or whatever it is that you may do. Like in this case, the musician was like, I am a musician and my pillars are covers and original pieces and performance pictures or whatever. Right. Right. And they're never getting burnt out because they're hitting one of those three or more things. Right. So for a performer, right. Like we, what do we do and how, how are we going to show that? Right. One thing that I think a lot of actors do get right is having their headshots on there or, or, you know, nice pictures or something like that. Cause I mean, if it's Instagram, (laughs) that's that's the medium for nice pictures so (laughs) that's one obvious way to get attention but you know unless you you, you'd have to take a lot of pictures to really stretch those out and that that's expensive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean real good pictures yeah i mean you can do though like BTS, like, you know, behind the scenes, um, mm-hmm. rehearsal, pictures in your costumes. You can get creative with it. It's all about being creative, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and there are, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's one of them too. Like the behind the scenes stuff is definitely a smart way to go. Um, and because you know some people do get interested in that's but that's especially if you're working on something that other people would care about like if it's svu or something and you do yeah, like behind totally. the scenes at svu like people would care about that hey. <laughs> right right some <laughs> things are good for instagram because uh, you could get like the public would be yes. interested in yeah. it some things are good for facebook or only your friends would care about that's it <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm glad that we we talked about that because that's something I've been thinking about for a long time. And yeah. you've been using social media in such a unique yeah. way. It was great to talk to you about it. Um, we're now at the end of the episode. It's time to create something together. I can't believe that that an hour has passed. Already. I know. That's- <laughs> like oh last God. time I looked at the watch, it was like 25 minutes in. Ooh. It was like, what? Where did the <laughs> last 40 minutes go? Uh, well, let's create something together, and maybe that could be talking about how you come up with an idea for Fairly Funny, or or yeah. what sort of thing you would want there, or maybe it is like saying, what are the pillars that an actor can have? Like, maybe we can list those out. Which one would you like? Let's do, like, the pillars of, like, like social media. Like, let's pretend about where social media managers mm-hmm. and, like, or tell like our client is an actor and the pillars that they're for their social media, like what that would be and like what we would advise for them to be posting. Okay. Yeah. And that's, this is why putting the additions because there's so many, uh, this is why it made sense for actors to do it. But now that we can't do it, it's sort of like, Oh dang, uh, that's a big pillar right there. That is, a huge part yeah. of an actor's life. And it's such a weekly thing that you could get a lot of content out of it. Yeah. Um, so I would say though, like you're right. So don't just negate it. I would keep, can you pull a blooper or a screenshot or a slate every week from one of your self tapes? Can you pull something that's not going to like violate community guidelines? Mm-hmm. Um, community being like the casting community. Right. Yeah, if they don't tell you not to post it, then that's an opportunity. Yeah, or like, you know, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with po- posting a slate. Be like, or like, how many times does like 
your pet walk through. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a video I should post on my social media of I was singing and my cat like jumps in front of the camera and stands there and like watches me sing. And I I kept going because it was like kind of hilarious. I was like, oh, you're letting me sing to you. <laughs> um, stuff like that. And that was in the middle of a self-tape. Like you could mute that so that we don't hear what it is that you're singing. And it's still very funny and it still right. works. Yeah. Um, and you could probably still, I don't know what you were singing. So I don't know if anyone's too litigious, oh, with yeah. it, but I mean, you, you could it still probably, fine. it was like, yeah. I forget what, but you know, it was like a standard musical theater song. You should definitely post that. <laughs> that could go viral on TikTok. You're good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would, I would challenge people though, to like post what it is you already have. Mm-hmm. And then I try to do like, create one i really like point of view like comedy Mm -hmm. um so i would say like as an actor i would if you're an actor one of your pillars should be to take a trending sound and figure out a point of view either like a way to make that point that sound funny and create a character or relate it back to you as actor Mm -hmm. And I also think there's something to be said for another pillar being like just giving advice or things that you have learned and like sharing that on social media, because, you know, along with your goal of putting out work so that you can be found to gain more work, I think another goal for actors and performers on social media would be to connect with one another And I have definitely met people and become friends with them from social media, from like them posting great content, but also like sharing advice and sharing tips. And I think that there's so much in our industry that is like supposed to like go do this, but like, like, don't tell anyone like it's a secret. And it's like, why is it a secret? Why are we gatekeeping like this industry that is essentially behind the times right. by tenfold anyway you know right. so i think that that you will always gain a following and respect on social if you are sharing things that you have learned from the industry from just being a part of it right i think that's a really good idea too because i uh, one of the things that i noticed i, I guess is a pillar for comedians if they have mm-hmm. a podcast, there's sometimes there's the clip of them just sort of riffing with other. Yeah, comics. I've seen those a lot. Yeah. Right. So and I was like, oh, that's a great idea for content because it's yes, quick you- and it's interesting yeah. and, and you can just post it, put it out there. So if you're talking with a, another actor about the industry and you say something you think is interesting, you're hearing an interesting point, maybe you could just put the camera up and say, like, let's put this on our Instagram or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put a little clip of us riffing here. Yeah, it's just as important. I get like really hung up and like only wanting to share like things that I create. But I think it's just as important to share like who you are. And like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say, okay, you're an actor on social media every week. Like for your pillars, I want you to share me as your social media boss. I'm going to tell you to share something that you can create from something you've already done this week, whether it be a clip from a self tape or a blooper or something like that. I want you to share like something that you have experienced as an actor this week, whether it be like you figured out the best bathroom in Pearl studios finally, or like a funny audition story, or like you ran into your other actor friend and had whatever, and you're talking to them. And then I'd also say you're so for a third pillar, I would push you to create something, sing a new song, create a comedic point of view video, do a riff on like a trending sound or something. Right. Yeah. So I'd say use what you already have, Mm -hmm. share what you're learning, and create something. And those would be your pillars. That'd be and good. That's what I'm gonna go do after this. Is <laughs> challenge myself to do that. <laughs> that's great. There it is. Thanks so yeah. much for being on the podcast, Anna. Thank you so much, Jason. This was a blast. 
I had a blast chatting with her. I hope you enjoyed that. She offered a lot of really sound advice, especially at the end there. So I hope you follow that. And you can follow her on Instagram at Anna M. Belanger. And she'll have links to find more of what she's got going on online. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is. We just posted the Pop Talk Oscars episode. And follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. We have some fun episodes coming up, including our anniversary. I can't believe we've been doing this six years. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 